Romans chapter 6, we left off last week. We were in verse number 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' service to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Uh, if you're still a little tired and you're still a little beat down, because I know I ain't the only one who had a long day. It's a wind. You've been at work. You're going to feel better in just a little bit. I'm, I'm excited. This is, this is another message. I, I feel like God is, I don't know, maybe they're from me, but Sunday mornings, three or four weeks in a row, I've, they've been very uplifting messages to me. I pray that they've been to you as well. This particular passage of Romans that we're in has been very uplifting. They've been some very encouraging studies for me. He goes on to verse number 20. He says, when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death, but now, being made free from sin, if you just underline and highlighted that and thought about that for the rest of the night, that's enough to make you go home feeling good. Become servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. If you just kind of highlight that one and read it over and over a few times, that would give you enough to go to bed with a smile on your face tonight. Verse 23, certainly one of the verses from Romans Road is a verse that you probably use almost every day. It's a verse that we use any, most any time we're witnessing to somebody. If you can get them to listen long enough to talk about salvation, a lot of them write you off in the beginning. But if you ever get to start talking about the Lord, and you ever get to start talking about salvation, and make it to that point to Romans Road, we use verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, thank you so much for this letter, God. Thank you for this handwritten love note that you wrote through the hand of Paul. Your Holy Spirit inspired it and wrote it over to the church at Rome, preserved it for over 2,000 years to bring it to LaGrange, Georgia, right here on a night in September, a little cool night. The heat's gone away, feeling good in the air. And God, you brought it right here because there's going to be some folks who come in here tired, need a little pickup, and you had a little love letter to just pick up and read. God, I thank you for it, Lord. I ask you to take it tonight. May it be an encouragement to your people, to all those here, to all those on live stream. God, however your word gets out, Father, I ask you to take it and use it. Bless your children, Father. Help us to be better servants. We love you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week there at verse number 19, and then went on 20, he said, You were servants of sin. When you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Last week we ended up looking at the question. The question was, when you were a sinner, were you a good sinner? Anybody remember leaving off of that question? Terrible place to leave us one. That's a bad spot to have to leave us off. When, when, when you were a sinner, were you all in? You, you put everything in. You put your whole body into the sin. I mean, if you parted, you parted hard. If you cussed, you cussed with the best of them. If you lied, you could lie with a straight face and make anybody believe it. You were as good a sinner as there was out there. The simple fact is that when we were lost sinners, we put everything in to being a lost sinner. We were loyal to the old master. We were loyal, sorry, we were loyal to the devil, the prince of the air, the prince of this world, the prince of sin. We were loyal to sin. We should be more loyal to our Lord. devil never did nothing for us. All he did was pull us down, drug us down, beat us down, and was wanting to drag us straight off into hell to be tormented forever. Jesus Christ climbed up on an old rugged cross, took a beating from me, took some hands in the 
some nails in the hands and feet, took a crown of thorns, took some beard plucking and some cursing and some spit upon, and he took all that from me. He shed his blood for us. He paid the price for us. He forgave us. He wrote our name in the Lamb's book of life. He gave us a new life. All things are passed away. If we were loyal to the one who did nothing for us, we certainly ought to be loyal to the one who did everything for us. Do we put personal questions, personal questions, but it's part of the Scripture. Do we put as much into being a child of God as we did into being a child of the devil? And that's what we were. We may not like to talk about that stuff, but it's what we, we are a child of God, but we were a child of the devil. Do we put as much into being a child of God as we did into being a child of the devil? Are we all in now the way we were all in then? If we partied hard, do we worship hard? If we use foul language openly, do we use the glory of God and, and tell others about Jesus Christ openly? Do we use every member of our body, every faculty of our being? Do we use what we have for the glory of God the same way that we did when it comes to sin. Now, the Greek word that Paul uses here is translated to yield, but it's also another translation it could have, that they could have used is the word prove. When we were living in sin, our lifestyle proved that we were hellions. Anybody say amen. Our lifestyle proved that we needed some church. We needed some salvation. We needed something to clean us up. Our lifestyle proved who we were living for. Our lifestyle proved exactly where we were. It proved that we were sinners. It proved that we were lost. Uh, the Bible says that you shall know a tree by the fruit. They could look at our fruit and see that we were a nasty tree. We had no good fruit because we were hooked to no good root. There was nothing good there. As a child of God, our fruit ought to be that so that people see our, our character ought to let people know that we're a child of the king. Our, our lifestyle ought to prove that we're a child of God. We shouldn't have to tell anybody that we're a Christian. They ought to know that. Let me tell you something. When you walk into a room and they're telling dirty jokes, that stuff, if it don't stop, then you ain't living right. I'm sorry, but when you come into a place, you ought to be a difference maker. There's a Holy Spirit about the child of God that when you come around worldly stuff, it ought to change your environment. I may not can change the world, but I can change the circle around me. I don't have to listen to what my ears don't want to have to hear, and I can change the conversation into what I want it to be about. And if you don't like it, you be the one to leave. I can stay right here. I belong to the Holy Spirit of God. I'm washed in the blood. If you don't like the conversation, you don't have to talk to me, but I don't have to stay bathed in yours. Our character ought to point out who we are. Our conversation, our lifestyle, our personality, everything that we do ought to scream out loud. Look at the fruit hanging off of this tree. I am a child of the king, washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. I'm headed to heaven when I die. See my fruit? That, our fruit screamed out loud when we were lost. Our fruit ought to be screaming out loud as children of God. Well, I'm going to get happy before I get done. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Verse number 21 says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So we had to ask ourselves a really bad question. 
How many of us, when we were sinners, we were all in? And all honest people raised their hand. The rest of you, the altar will be open anytime. You can come repent most anytime you want to. But, but the next question, you get to raise your hand again. How many of us now are ashamed of who we were then? How many of us now are ashamed of what we did then? Paul says, if we had fruit then, it, the things that we did then and the way that we acted then, those are the things that we are ashamed of because we no longer serve the old master. We're no longer connected to that tree. We've been grafted in to the family of God. Anybody know something about some horticulture would get really excited when I started talking about getting cut loose from the old root and grafted into the kingdom of God. You know what grafting is? We've been grafted into the family. I'm hooked up to the root. I'm hooked up to the one. We're, we're all part of the tree that, that's going to stand there forever. We're going to live forever. We, we've been set free from the chains that once held us in bondage, the chains of sin that kept us captive. The new life that we live now brings so many good things. Anybody say amen? Anybody thankful for the new life that you have? It, it brings us a new eternity. There, there's a new eternity waiting on us, but, but I'm thankful I ain't got to wait till eternity. The, the, the old life brought an eternal death, but my new life brings eternal life. The old life brought destruction, but the new life brings joy everlasting. I, I got joy. I can't explain it. It's just joy. It's just happy. It's just something inside that it can make you happy when you really ain't got nothing to be happy about. You, you, can be, you can be in a bad spot and feel good inside. It is the Holy Spirit. It's that joy. We, we have a completely new way of life. And that old way of life, anybody know that nothing, nothing ever lasted? Nothing was ever good enough? You, you, if I just had this, it would make it better. And you go get this, and it didn't make it better. If I just had that, it would make it better. And you get that, and now you're further in debt, but it didn't make it better. And if I, if I just had something else, and you go get something else, and you think it'd make it better, and it made it worse. It's like there's no end to it when you're living in sin. Everything just kept pulling us out. Everything kept pulling us along. That, that was the old life. That's what the devil wants. He wants you reaching for more, not satisfied with anything. He wanted you always get you to hurry by and hurry by and hurry by. He didn't want you to slow down long enough to hear the Word of God. He didn't want you to slow down long enough to hear anybody tell you about Jesus Christ. He wanted you to hurry through life and hurry up and get to hell. There ain't a doubt in my mind. The only reason we ain't in hell is because God wouldn't let him kill us. Ain't a doubt in my mind. He would have killed me and took me while he could. There ain't a doubt in my mind. He would have killed every one of you before your day of salvation. He didn't want you to live long enough to get saved. He wanted to keep you out. But, but God, while we were yet sinners, God commended his love toward us to keep us alive. To, to let us live long enough to hear the gospel again. How many of you, I'm curious, how many of you got saved the first time you ever heard the gospel? God had no reason. We'd heard the gospel. Had we not rejected it? Had we not said no to the gift? Had we not refused the offer? Yet God saved our life time and time and time. How many of you can look back on your life and think of times when you should have been dead? I can think of so many times that I should have been dead. And, and, and a lot of them I didn't even get hurt. God kept us alive long enough 
to hear the gospel again and again and again and again. For some of us, we heard it week in, week out for years. But God just kept keeping us alive. He just kept that, man, that is grace if you ever want to see grace. Paul says to have fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. We, we have an unqualified salvation. We're not qualified to be saved. We're not qualified to get eternal life. It's just a gift of God. It's not anything that we did. It's everything that he did. It's not anything that we could do. It's, it's only what he could do. It's what he did for us. We, we didn't qualify for salvation it's just a free gift of God. The old master brought us shame. Along with that shame came the penalty of death when this life ends. But Christ brought us holiness. Christ made you and I righteous. You look in the mirror, do you see righteous? I don't either, but we ought to. We, we have the righteousness of Christ on us. We, we have the holiness of the Holy Spirit in us. We look in, in the mirror, we ought to see righteousness. We are righteous. When God looks at us, God sees righteousness. Go figure that one. The same person we were talking about back there a while ago living in sin, God looks at that. He don't see that. He looks through the blood of Jesus, and what you see in the mirror, he says, that's righteous. God has given you and I righteousness. Jesus Christ has brought us redemption. He's brought us joy. He's brought us freedom. He's brought us Happiness, he's brought us that, that righteousness. Jesus Christ brought us the gift of God. It is eternal life. Paul goes on, chapter 7. We'll look a little further on. I might want to lay a clock out, or we're going to be here a little while. Oh, we're going to be here a little while anyway. He says in verse number 1, Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is not bound by the law to her husband, so long as, or is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband is dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no longer adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. There's our fruit. That's what our fruit ought to look like as a child of God. We ought to be bringing fruit unto God, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now here in chapter 7, Paul is dealing with man in three ways, or he describes man in three ways. He talks about the natural man. The natural man is the one that's still lost in his sins. He's still on his way to hell. He hasn't trusted in Christ. He talks about the carnal man. The carnal man is someone who has trusted Christ as their Savior. They've just not surrendered to him as Lord. Anybody know those that claim to be a Christian? Maybe even were. They lived it for a little while, but now they're not walking it. They're not talking it. They're not there. They are carnal. They, they've not put off. They, they like the fire insurance, but they've not surrendered their life to Jesus Christ as Lord. They are still controlled somewhat by the old nature. They are still putting off some fruit 
contrary to what they ought to be putting off. They, they have not surrendered the members of their body completely to God the way that our members were surrendered completely to sin. And, and then Paul talks about the spiritual man. That is the man who has yielded his life to Jesus Christ. He's not just my Savior. He's not just your Savior. He is our Lord. He is the one that we have surrendered our life to. He is the one that we pray every morning to. God, help me today. Lead me today. Use me today. Send me somebody to tell about Jesus today. Help me pick somebody up today. Help me be a blessing to somebody today. Will your light shine through me to somebody in a dark place today? God, will you control my life? Show me where you want me to go, what you want me to do, where you want me to be, who you want me to talk to. If it's a different way than the way I usually go, God, whatever you want, I surrender my life. That is the spiritual man. He has surrendered everything. Jesus Christ is not just fire insurance. He is Lord of our life. He is the one that we seek for guidance, seek for direction, seek for wisdom according to the Word of God. We, we pray and ask Him. The, the law, the, the law here in the Word of God, the law rests on human efforts. There is no human who will ever put forth enough effort to earn heaven. There, there's no way that we could ever work our way into a victorious Christian life. I've said many times, if we could live it, then Christ wouldn't have had to come. If it was doable, then Jesus Christ died in vain. So we can't do it. We can't work on our own. We have to surrender everything to Christ. Now, Paul uses here this illustration of the spiritual man. He uses the woman that's married. She's miserable in the marriage, and she's bound by the law in that marriage until death brings it to an end, at least in the eyes of God. But if the husband dies, then the woman is free from the bondage. The, the death of the husband voids the law. A believer in Christ understands that we have died to Jesus Christ. We're, we're not trying for victory. Anybody trying for, anybody trying for salvation? We're not trying for salvation. We are dead to sin. Free from the bondage of sin that held us because of our identity with Christ. Now, because we are identified with Christ, we did that through baptism. By the way, I keep forgetting to tell you all that. We got one coming up in a couple of weeks if you got anybody that needs to be baptized. Somebody help us to remember to announce that Sunday morning. We've been planning it for a month, and we ain't announced it on a Sunday morning yet. If we were buried with Christ, if we are identified with Christ in his death, then we will be identified with Christ in eternal life. We, we will be identified with Christ for all of eternity. The, the law of sin and death, that, that law that bound us, that law has been broken. So, so kind of, I don't know, Paul to me is saying it maybe a little bit like this. You know, John 6, Jesus said, No man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. All of us, somebody told us, about Jesus. Maybe somebody witnessed to you at work, somebody witnessed to you at school, maybe, maybe it was at a place, maybe, maybe you heard preaching at church. All of us heard about Jesus Christ somewhere. Some, somebody told us about sinners, somebody told us about salvation. There, there had to be a time when we heard, and I feel like in a sense what Paul is talking about in this marriage, when, when whoever it was was witnessing to us, whatever the situation is, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit was saying, do you take this man? 
I, I, you know, it's kind of like when you got married. I, I think shotgun wed, weddings are out. I don't think anybody in here was held gunpoint to get married. I hope you weren't. But if you was, well, that's where you are. I'm pretty sure nobody in here was held at gunpoint and forced to be saved because if you were, you're not really saved. I'll go ahead and tell you that. It had to be a free gift. It's a free choice. So, so it's, it's not like you're forced into this marriage. So it, it's, do, do you take this man? Do, do you take Jesus Christ to, for, for richer, for poor, for better, for worse, for in sickness and in health? But thank God there is no death to his part. Death in this life is just the consummation of the marriage and takes us into the eternal life that we become the bride of Christ. Anybody excited about that? Man, it's a little hard, isn't it? I'm still a little having a hard time finding myself as a bride. I see myself dressed up like some of them nutcases, but I'm sorry. It's, it's just a little difficult to picture, but I'm good. I'm good at what the Bible says I am. And, and, and I know this. I, I know this. Every man in here, you're going you're gonna to feel the same. I know what my wife means to me. And if there's anybody on this planet that I'd go out of my way to do anything for, it's her. So I don't mind being called the bride of Jesus Christ because that means if there's anybody on this planet, he'd go out of his way to do anything for, it's me. If I'm his bride, if that's what it calls me, I can take that in terms. I may not understand it completely. I may feel a little weird being called a bride. But if it means, hey, your best interest is in my mind, that's good enough for me. Amen. So, so we, we were offered to Christ. We, we accepted the gift. We accepted salvation. Then he goes on to verse number 5. When we were in the flesh, the, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members, bring forth fruit unto death. But now we're delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we're, we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, not the oldness of the letter. We may still have shame for the things that we did in the flesh, but we're no longer going to be held accountable for those things. There, there's still some shame, but we're no longer haunted by our failures. There's a difference in shame and haunting. Shame is something that we feel, this regret. We wish we could take it back. Haunting is a daily remembrance. Haunting is of something that haunts you. It's constantly coming. And I can tell you this. The devil will haunt you if you let him. The devil will tell you every minute of every day how sorry you are. Will remind you of your past. Will remind you of your guilt. Remind you of how bad you are. Of how unworthy you are. God can't use you. God can't do anything through you. Don't you know what you did? You're not fit to teach. You're not fit to preach. You're not fit to sing. You're not fit to witness at work. You're not fit to witness at school. You're not fit to testify. You're not fit to stand on a street corner. You're not fit to wear a He's Alive shirt in, in a grocery store. You're not fit to wear Faith Baptist Church, Judgment Journey shirts in a public place. You're not fit. Don't you remember what you did? That is haunting. And the devil will haunt you if you let him. But there's a name that not only can he not stand, but he cannot be in the room with. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, shut your lying mouth and leave me alone. Get off my back. Get out of my ear. Stay out of my life. It don't matter what I did. My future has changed. Yours is the same. Ain't nothing getting no better for you. You go on and dwindle in your own sorrow. I've been washed in the blood. Leave me alone. We don't have to be haunted by the devil. But I promise you this, if you will let him, he will haunt you. And he will get you buried in shame. Well, Lord, help us. 
Stay with me. I, I, let, me let me give you something. <sighs> mm-hmm. Psalms 149, praise you the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him in the temple and heart. This is Psalms 149. Verse number 4, you ready? For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. God is pleased with you don't matter what the devil told you this morning don't don't matter what what came across your desk what reminded you of your past none of that matters God is pleased he takes pleasure in his people he will beautify the meek with salvation let the saints be joyful in glory let them sing aloud upon their beds God is pleased with you, you might as well be. If you're good enough for him, you ought to be good enough for yourself. Amen? Well, that was all free. We we are delivered from the law, delivered from the penalty, delivered from the bondage, delivered from punishment. We no longer serve the old master of sin, the master of, of the flesh. We serve in newness of the spirit. Now, it's not the law that was put to death. The law is still there. The law hasn't gone anywhere. It's the old us that was put to death. That's what no longer exists. The law's still in place. It's the old me. That's what's dead. That, that's what's gone. Those people, when we look back and talk back about the things which we're ashamed of, the people that knew that guy, that guy's dead. They may not have been to his funeral, but in reality, for what we're talking about between life and death, that one won't ever have a funeral. There won't ever be a second death. Amen? The, the old us is dead, so it's not the law. We, we are a new creature in Christ. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit of the creator of the universe living inside of you. Whew. Somebody's going to have to leave here happy. The, the Christian life is not a burden. We're not wearing some yoke around our neck. It's not an all-out effort to try and conform to a bunch of rules and regulations and restrictions. It is the very life of Jesus Christ living in us and living through us. Christianity is not some burden. John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Thank you, Jesus. The water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The, the Christian life is Christ living in us, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It is a well of water springing up into everlasting life, a never-ending well, a constant replenishing of water always. We're, we're not bound by this set of rules and regulations. We don't. We don't not sin because we're forbidden to sin. We don't sin because we don't want to. Yes, we make mistakes. I understand that. We, we make mistakes. We do. We go before God. But when we make mistakes, we are remorseful for those mistakes. 
the, those mistakes. And because of the remorse and knowing that we made a mistake, that is the Holy Spirit that lets us know we did wrong. We go to God and we ask for forgiveness. We're forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. Sin is not our nature. It used to be our nature, but, but we, we don't sin by nature anymore. It's not, it's not my desire. I don't want to go back. Anybody want to go back? Anybody look back there, see anything you want to go back and get? There's nothing back there. We no longer have the desire. It's not that we have to go to church. you got to come to church tonight. You're not here because somebody made you. You're not here because you had to be. You're here because you get to be. You're, you're here because the Holy Spirit filled up inside of you, and you get to come be a part. We don't love people because it's a Christian law. We love people because it's Christ in us. It's Christ that tells us to love people. It's just God in us. You know, the devil used to lie to you and I. The, the same way that he's lying to the world out there now, the world that's lost and on their way to hell, the, the, the devil used to lie the, the same way he's telling them, well, if you get saved, you got to go to church. You know, if you got to go to church on a Sunday morning, you can't get up and go hunting on a Sunday morning. You ain't going to be able to fish in bass tournaments no more on Sunday morning. You can't go play golf on Sunday morning if you get saved and have to go to church all the time. Ladies, you ain't out of this. You can't go shopping. You can't do your little shopping sprees on Sunday morning. You, you, can't, you can't get your husband. They all get the boat up and go to the lake on Sunday morning. Can't be laying out in the sun on Sunday morning. The devil used to lie to us. Well, well, look at all the things. If I were to get saved, look at all the things. He portrays Christianity as those who are bound by a set of rules and burdened down by the things that, that we look at in life and call fun. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Furthest, farthest, but that ain't even a word, is it? Is that a word? Furthest? Huh? That ain't even a word. Everybody know what I'm talking about, don't you? Look in the Hogansville Dictionary. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Christianity did not bind us to a set of rules. It did not bind us to, to anything. It set us free from the law. It, it set us free from the things. It didn't stop us from doing this thing, from, from, from doing things in this life. It just let us enjoy the things that we are doing in this life. It gave me a new joy in the same things that I used to do that I still do. I do them with more joy than I did then. I have something new. It didn't forbid me from going out and living the old sinful life. It took the desire from me. I don't want to do that anymore. Anybody here, did it forbid you from going out and doing what you used to do? It didn't forbid you. It wasn't a law that said you can't. It was the Holy Spirit of God moved inside. You don't want to do that stuff anymore. It is a freedom from sin. It's not that I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't belong there anymore. I'm no part of that anymore. Christianity is not bound by some set of rules and burdened down. It is a freedom to live our life free for the glory of God that people see Christ in us. But the devil lies to them out there. We, we never knew freedom till we knew Christ. Anybody say amen. We never knew joy till we knew Christ. We all searched for it. We looked everywhere for it. We looked under every rock, every cranny. We bought everything under the sun. We was a million dollars in debt trying to find happiness, and it wasn't under anything that we bought. It just kept leading further and further away. We, we didn't know love till we knew Jesus Christ. We didn't know love for people. We didn't know love for our family. We didn't know love for anything until we knew Christ. All we knew was how to look for stuff. But now we are delivered from the law. 
that being dead wherein we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. I ain't even good starting at 8 o'clock. <sighs> well, I'm happy about where we're at. Anybody happy? It ain't like we're in a bad place to stop. It ain't like we got to leave off. It ain't, it ain't like we just got backlash and got to leave with some strap marks on our legs. We, we get to leave in, in, in the freedom of our salvation. We get to leave in the newness of the Spirit. We get to leave not bound and burdened down by the law, but set free from the law and the things that did bind us. So I guess if we just had to find a place to stop, God made a pretty good one for us because, oh, there's me a clock up there. I'll leave my phone for nothing. Miss Frieda got me a clock on, and that's about what time I'm supposed to be letting out. Well, I, I appreciate you being here on a Wednesday night. I, I, I pray the Lord give you something. I just, I, I, I enjoy, I just enjoy studying this set of passages, and, and it's hard to have to stop right here because I know what's in the next few verses right there. But all that means is the Lord leaves me here, and y'all get to come back next week. We get to pick up right there, so I get to leave off in a good place and pick up in a good place, and there's a lot of more good places ahead. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so, so much. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you, God. God, I thank you for revealing the truth to us. God, I, I remember the day. I remember the days when I was lost. I, I remember in my mind, I remember that slew foot lying devil telling me about how I couldn't have no fun. Lord, I, I remember. I remember being lied to. Oh, if you, you do that, you have to go to church all the time. You have to say, God, I, I thank you, Father, that you've never bound me to a set of rules. You freed me from them. You gave us a liberty inside, God. You gave us a joy to be here on a Wednesday night. Thank you, Father, that we can come together as family, as, as the body of Jesus Christ, that we come together as one in newness of life. Father, thank you so, so much for being so incredibly good. Thank you for loving us in spite of us, God. Lord, I pray for this group of people right here in this building. I ask you to bless them, Father. I pray you'd anoint them. I pray you'd use their life, God. I pray that everybody in here right now, I pray you'd lay someone on our heart before in the morning that we could reach out and make a difference for Christ in somebody's life tomorrow. I pray for everybody here. I pray for everybody on live stream right now, God. I pray you'd speak to every single one of them, give every one of us somebody to touch tomorrow, that you might use us tomorrow. We love you, Father. We just want to be used by you. We want to be a tool in your hand. We trust you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you haven't got to go get kiddos, you're free to hang around. If you've got to go get kiddos... They're waiting on you.